Are you one of the many people yet to contract the latest of many coronaviruses, SARS-CoV-2? Perhaps you're wondering if the latest Delta strain is as bad as the corporate press maintains. Well, I've just had it, and I've had worse hangovers. I'm Andrew Elliott, I'm here with my brother Nick, and I want to welcome you to this special presentation of the Sounding Board podcast. Please rate and review us wherever you listen, and we'd love it if you'd share us with your friends, family, or people you just want to annoy. Finally, if you want to chat or troll us, we're on Twitter as at soundboardpod and on Telegram as t.me forward slash soundingboard. It's great to have you with us. So I didn't think that I had any of this left, but this is some Ardbeg. Would you like to... The Arbeg test. Have a sniff. Sure. Can you smell that? Oh, yeah, of course I can. Blimey. That's good stuff. So you definitely don't have the COVID now, then? Not now, no. I never had COVID. I just had, I just had SARS-CoV-2. Should, I mean, we, I'm, should I'm, we have that argument I'm first? Not, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure if I had SARS-CoV-2. Um, although the only person that I... So I, I, I give people a bit of background. I, uh, I train in a tiny little gym which is just a, a hut and on the side of my mate's house that he's built little kind of like a uh, I don't know it's just like you know like you can kind of build these offices just a lean-to or is it well no it's about it's about half the size of this room so it's okay. like it's like a very very small uh, wooden kind of hut that he's built um, it's got everything. like David Cameron's office yeah, I mean, it's got every, every possible gym equipment that you want. It's got, like, you know, squat stands and bench presses yeah. and, you know, pulleys from the ceiling and all sorts. But it's a, t- it's a tiny room, and I was training with him. Shack. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little, kind, of, little kind of wooden wooden shack. Um, and I was training with him in there for about an hour and a half, probably, uh, on, a, on a Wednesday, I think it was on a Wednesday evening. <clears throat> he didn't have any symptoms, but then on the Friday, he says, look, I've, um, I've, I've just done a, a, a lateral flow test I think he has to kind of do them for work or something uh, and I've, I've tested positive I feel fine but just to let you know oh so even when he'd done the test he had he wasn't feeling any no symptoms. not initially didn't feel any right. symptoms but got positive on the test so he said look I'm, I'm not, not, you know. not going to put you down but I'm just letting you know so I'm like, yeah that's fine I text him the next day how are you feeling he's like oh mate I've got no sense of taste or smell <laughs> <laughs> you know all the, the normal symptoms you know cold like fever symptoms uh, yeah, I think I think he probably possibly had a fever. Yeah, the old three then. Um, but it was a, the taste and smell went that kind of yes. told me he had the coronavirus. It is kind of the defining. It's the unique, it's the unique one, isn't it? Simple to that. Yes. Um, I was still fine. Texted him the day after, um, and, uh, and and so Sunday that was when I started to feel rough. Um, so from the Wednesday to the Sunday to the Sunday, yeah, Sunday was when I, so Saturday night I started feeling I had like a tiny bit of a tickle, a little bit of a tickle at the back of my throat, uh, but still still felt fine. Um, Sunday, fever, um, cough, uh, and headache, Re- yes. headache for all, all basically all day. Um, not not terrible, but it was I couldn't really I couldn't. Eat anything. You had no appetite. Yeah, couldn't really move about. I mean, you know, Julie phoned you to get some stuff, didn't she? From the yeah, from the shops. You know, like throat sweets and and, and what. Yeah, I went and did a little supply run. For yeah, me. and and bourbon so I could have hot toddies. Yes. Um. So yeah, from the Sunday onwards, uh, that was when I kind of felt rough. But it was, it was just. In fact, it wasn't even for me. It wasn't even 
full cold symptoms. Because normally with a cold, I get like a bunged up nose and a sore throat and that kind of stuff. All I had was basically a fever, a headache, and a little bit of a cough. Did you get any of those other symptoms later on? No. No, I never lost my taste and smell. But Um, how about congestion or anything like that? No. No. Okay. No, 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 No congestion, no sore throat. Um... I just had. I mean, I had. I had a fever, which was which was not terrible. But I tend to. I mean, you probably remember when I was a kid. I get delirious every time I get a fever. <laughs> I know. And I, I think for some reason, <laughs> middle I, of the night. Yeah, for some reason, I always tend to think whatever I'm on is a boat, whether it's like the if I'm sleeping the on the sofa or yeah. the, or the bed or whatever. I tend to think I'm at sea. I don't know why. Um, but so I, I get. I wasn't quite that bad, but I didn't really know where I was. Okay. Um, you know, kind of on and off for a few days. And the only thing that made this maybe slightly different from a normal cold, other than not getting the, all the symptoms. It lasted a long time. I mean, I don't get colds often. I haven't had one for about two or three years. Yeah. Um, I tend to get them every few years, but they'll last two or three days and that's it. Mm. Whereas this one was lasting a good few days and I still had the headache and the fever all day until you kind of helped me out. Um, by getting well, yeah. Where do we want to go with this? Do we want to talk about medication? Or I think we should. I think we should go to medication before now. we talk about the rest of the family. <laughs> in I, I, some I, sense, I think we'll do a quick a quick thing on, okay. on medication. So you managed to find well. So do, do you want to tell the story? We already we already had a supply of hydroxychloroquine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So from from a, a, a listener who will not be named. No. Um, and. Um, what we thought we would try and do, and I, well, I've been trying, I've been off and on looking at supplies of ivermectin for months, and and looking into UK sources, UK websites that are purporting to sell it. I mean, there are tons of what I assume are very illegitimate sites trying to just take your money. Some of them might actually be legit. It's very very difficult to tell. Um, uh, and trying to sort out the other websites that um, have been around for a while that do import generic drugs from various different countries um, uh, and also trying to source it directly from India. Uh, Now, in the end, I didn't buy anything uh, directly at all, um, uh, but I I don't really want to name any names or go into too much specific. Um, But suffice to say, I paid in cryptocurrency to to someone um, online, <laughs> which sounds really dodgy, but I like to say it's very modern. It's a very modern way of purchasing the way that I it's the way that free I did market. it. Uh, totally free market. Um, but yeah, this is this is a person that I've um, I've been speaking to on and off for for months that frequents the same areas of the internet, shall we say that that, that I have, um, uh, and uh, and had a supply had a supply through work. Um, and and we've been comparing stories with family members getting it and all this all this kind of stuff, um, uh, and uh, and had had a had a surplus and had already advertised had already said openly if anyone needs some let me know, uh, so uh, uh, he kindly in exchange for some Bitcoin, um, uh, sent next day special delivery some some ivermectin so we got some uh, uh, some strips of that, and so you immediately embarked on a regime of both hydroxychloroquine well, I, and I, ivermectin. I hit it with everything I could get. So a- I had, and the rest, yes, so going I, to the rest. I had, so I had hydroxychloroquine, 
uh, vitamin D. I was taking lots and lots of the vitamin D. Now you'd D already drops. been taking vitamin D. I'd already, yeah, but yeah. but you need to, you need to take, with hydroxychloroquine you need to take vitamin D and zinc. Otherwise, yes. it doesn't really do much. So taking lots of D, lots of zinc. Yeah. Uh, lots of vitamin C. There was uh, quercetin. Uh, which yeah, is I don't some, know how to pronounce that. Quercetin, uh, quercetin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's um, not not entirely sure. But I, was, I was taking that. Uh, turmeric. Those kind of turmeric yeah, tablets. Yeah. Which is an anti-inflammatory. I've, I've learned. Sure. Um, aspirin. Um, taking an aspirin a day. Right, yeah. There was some kind of nasal spray with iodine or something in it, I think. Uh, and, and the ivermectin, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and I, I'm putting this down to the ivermectin because I was on a lot of this anyway. But Well, I, a lot of this is part of, so I think it's worth name-dropping the FLCCC. Oh, uh, Pierre Corey. Dr. Pierre Corey's organisation, it's more than just him, but he's the most vocal mm. um, uh, 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 doctor there. This is a group of doctors across the US who, over the beginning of the of the pandemic, worked out what the best treatment methods were. Well, Sean, going back further than that, they've been analysing these you know, new viruses and anything, yes. that, anything that, that, that makes people get into intensive care they will this that's group right people, they are really doctors aren't they they've, they've done they've done this for you know for 20 years so they, they work in you know with patients in intensive care and they try and find out what the best treatment is for anything that gets yes. in there and there's like various of them are like the best in each of their individual sure, fields they've got, aren't they? they've got different fields they, they get together and so they, they yep. put these protocols together for all sorts of things and obviously the most probably the most recent is R- remind me frontline covid care something rather oh, Sure, we can put. We'll put the link. We'll put the link on the FLCCC on the show notes. anyway, and they've got a protocol, and so they've got a, a written protocol that explains, uh, for example, how much ivermectin to take per kilogram of weight of the patient, um, uh, and and whether you're tra- taking it prophylactically, which is uh, you know that it 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 has already shown signs that it can be used as a preventative, but this was about treating because you you know you had it. Um, so we got everything. Yeah, I we got everything. I was I I I'd had a headache for days, uh, about four days at this point. Yeah, that's basically, about right. basically non-stop and a fever for you know for, for I mean, and occasionally I'd, I'd take paracetamol and it would kind of come down a little bit, um, but then it would kind of like in the evenings it would come back and I couldn't really do anything about it. Um, so in the morning I still felt rough, the same that I'd felt you know for for days. Took the ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, as well as the other stuff that I'd already been taking. Um, and then by the evening, after about four hours, I was up and about. I was eating. I was kind of sat down at the dinner table. It was table very quick for you, wasn't it? It was just incredible, and I felt basically okay after that. You know, I wasn't. I still had like. I mean, I've still got a little bit of a cough now. Yeah. I tend to. I had a few years ago. I had tracheitis, which is uh, just you kind of you basically your tubes are kind of producing a little bit of mucus. Um, and uh, is it an inflammation of the trachea, or is it? I'm not sure. It's, it's a ba- I think it's a bacterial infection. Right. Um, it, so many of these things are caused by inflammation. Yes. Um, but I had that years and years ago, and then whenever I get a cold now, that's what goes. That's what that's what goes. So I just put that down to, to that. Nothing to do with. I don't think that's to do yeah. with, with with the um, coronavirus. Uh, and I've not still, for you anyway. Not for yeah. me anyway. Yeah. I, and I've still got a little bit, a little bit of like a tickle at the back of my throat. Uh, but that's it. But I felt, I felt almost fine after about four hours you know i still had uh you had some lingering tiredness i did yeah so i had what, what i did find is that i had post-viral fatigue but it, again it's not and, and i was finding i was finding not myself for a, not not that you would consider 
generally speaking, we talk about post-viral fatigue. That's something you talk about that you would have for for weeks or months normally. Sure, and and I had it. So I had it after swine flu, and that affected yes. me for weeks um, or yeah. m- months actually. Before I was like a hundred percent, and I would you know I'd kind of get home from work and fall asleep and and, and that kind of thing. Um, whereas this, I was just getting a bit tired. You know, I'd be I'd I'd start to I'd I've been drinking probably three times the amount of coffee I would normally have because you know by about five o'clock I was kind of you know feeling feeling a bit tired um yeah. but i was back at work after a week you know after i had, I had yeah. the weekend i found myself having like a couple of naps in the afternoon yeah um, because i was kind of tired but then i hadn't been sleeping well for the the week mm. prior to that anyway because i'd be waking up with a temperature and a fever and thinking i'm out of sea and all that kind of stuff but i wanted to point that out just because again there's there's there's, there's others here that that we know that again it's the exhaustion at the end of this seems to be the absolute common common factor yeah in in all of it more so than a normal cold and and yeah and my my, my mate who i who i assume yeah, so I how's it he from, he's fine um, so he didn't obviously have access to all of these these drugs that we did no because it was funny because he was saying oh yeah come on you know because he he said guy oh, it feels it feels pretty he, he had it worse than i did because he had like the full kind of cold symptoms and, and, and do you know if he had been jabbed Yes, because he was saying, "God, I'm, 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 oh yeah, imagine, did he, how, did ima- imagine, imagine how, how oh, bad it would be um, <sighs> if if I wasn't jabbed." I'm like, "Mate, I haven't been jabbed." And what did he say um, to that? He's like, "Really? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's fine. It's like it's like programmed in, isn't it? It's, it's they have to say that because it's like." trying to justify it to themselves I think I think they're saying it out loud but they're trying to justify to themselves that this was a good idea even though they've got the thing that it's supposed to prevent you from getting I mean he's just he's a really busy really successful businessman and I think he just he has to kind of go abroad and all this kind of stuff he's like you know what just for I'm ease. not questioning his decision, and he, and he he just took it for ease. And when I was kind of t- telling him about, it, he, you know, he's like really open to this stuff, but he just hadn't. He's just like you know, just believe uh, yeah. stuff. Doesn't watch the, the doesn't watch the news or anything. Just sure, assumes that it's. As I say, I'm not I'm not questioning him. I'm just the the that that built-in reaction of sure. think how bad it would be. I think is where you must logically go, if you've taken something that's supposed to prevent something and it doesn't. I mean, what what else could you do? I kind of sympathise with that and view. And they've been drumming it in. I si- I sympathise with in. that view. Yeah. Um, and he but, was he was a bit knackered. So we were, we trained we trained for the first time uh, last week, which would so we both had a couple of weeks off from the gym. Um, yeah. And then we we kind of trained last week, and we were both a little bit tired. Yeah. You know, we weren't yeah. weren't benching as much as we yeah we, we normally were, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. And then tonight, um, uh, I was kind of chatting to him, and he's, yeah, he's he's fine. He, I think he had about a week of of kind of symptoms as well. Yeah. Um, his family got it as well. Uh, he passed it on to his family. Uh, he's, I think his girls. He's got, I think, three girls. They all, they all had like a little bit of a sniffle. Yeah, barely. But anything. That's it. Yeah. Like you know, and for like a, like a day or so, and then they were fine. Yeah. Uh, his wife had it similar to him, but you know, again, nobody had it. Nobody was terrible. Yeah. Um, well, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about me, shall we? Uh, so, you basically think you were infected on the Wednesday. Yes. Uh, and then you started feeling rough Saturday night, Sunday. Was that right? Or was it Sunday night? Yeah, I had I had a tiny bit of a tickle. Tickle on, on the on, Saturday. On Saturday. First sign of any. But that was symptom. late on yeah. Saturday. So that Saturday was when. I came round to yours sure. to work out in your garage, not a shack, a garage. Um, 
garage door fully open. One could probably cast class it as pretty ventilated. Well, we have the yeah we have the door open in in his shack yeah, as well. Yeah, um, but we're in close proximity. We're spotting for each other. Um, we did that for what hour and a half. Well, okay, That's okay. Like An- that. Another thing, another thing. When you're when you're putting in a lot of effort in the gym, you're exhausting your body of everything, and your immune system actually does go sure, down. Sure. So it's if we were just in a room or in a garage, we'd have probably been fine. But yeah. Because we were lifting weights, and because I was lifting weights with my mate. Yeah. Your immune system is low at that point. Well, but also you're going to be expelling air in a completely different way, and you're taking in much more oxygen. Exactly. Than normal you're just, taking deep yeah. breaths. Exactly, all of this. Um, uh, so, the next day, the Sunday, um, was... Uh, and obviously I didn't know, this, but none of us knew at this point that, that we might be passing it around. Um, and it makes sense that you were right on the cusp of symptoms, obviously, at that point. Because this whole asymptomatic nonsense, like, yeah, just pre-symptomatic, I think, is probably very much a thing. But... Well, Not, yeah, because you can be. I, mean, I doubt if like, you were. I doubt if you were um, infectious on the Wednesday and the Thursday, for example. No, probably yeah, not. Because you and, needed and, to develop it. And there are there are things that are infectious before you get symptoms. I mean, isn't like chickenpox infectious before you get symptoms and stuff? And there are there are some things that are you're infectious before, you know, just before, aren't they? Right. Yeah. So it's not. It's not, not the only sure thing in the world. But yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, uh, it, might be, so, it might be measles or yeah. So on the Sunday, um, we had uh, my daughter's um, birthday party at the local centre. Uh, loads of kids running around or whatever, uh, and it's it's a tiring thing. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You've got you're trying to sort out the grown ups. You're trying to sort out the kids, and it's noisy. Even just for a couple of hours over there, got back. This is late afternoon. I just felt like a complete zombie. but And, and this was where I was like, I'm tired because I've, I've done this party and there's the balloons and the clearing up and you know, all of this. But something's not right. I, I shouldn't feel as tired as I do. Uh, and I just said to my wife, I'm, 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 I'm useless. I'm, I'm staring. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to go to bed and see what and see what happens. And I just collapsed in bed for all of an hour. Power nap. And then, I then felt amazing. I didn't really sleep, um, but then I just kind of went, ah, oh, there we go. And so when you then said, oh, I'm feeling a bit rough and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and, and it transpired for those first few days, I was saying to you and everyone else, ha, well, I fought it off within an hour. An hour is all I needed <laughs> to bat this thing away. Uh, but then on the Tuesday, I think it was. I started the cough. And it was that proper, I call it pathetic cough. It's the most pathetic, like one cough an hour. <laughs> you know, that it's yeah. really, really, like you, you have to do it. You have to cough. You can't hold it back. But it's not cough, cough, cough. It's not a coughing fit. It's not a coughing spell like that. It's just this, where, where, where does this come from? And I feel no other symptoms mm. whatsoever. And so that's the point where I thought, Actually, I think I've, I think I might have this now, because I've been delivering stuff to you. I'd, I'd come over a couple of days sure. and delivered you a few bits because I delivered you the ivermectin, I delivered you your shopping or whatever. Um, and at, you know, at this point, I like, I don't care. I don't care whether I get it. I don't care whether I have had it, get it. I'd be quite happy to get it out of the way. I thought I probably had already last year with our office outbreak. Um, I thought I might have been one of these, you know, so-called asymptomatic um, people. Uh, but no, 
don't I don't think so. I think I think you gave it to me. Mm. I think I then proceeded to give it to most of the family. <laughs> uh, and so, without naming any names, I think that uh, I, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I wasn't going to do a test. I, I wasn't going to. I'm not. I, I still am not going to do any tests. I. I don't care. It's not. It's not dangerous. It's you know everything we know about. It's this, not dangerous, and the tests don't work. And the tests are unreliable. And the tests potentially themselves are dangerous. I'm sure. With yeah, the, the, the stuff swabs, on the swabs. The swabs are crazy. Okay. Um, so I don't. I don't buy into any of it at all. And it's just a cold. And did you did you lose t- taste and smell though? Because um, that's the thing. If you lose that, I don't think you need a test. Uh, not. Not a hundred percent, no. Right. Uh, but there were what, what was what was odd was I started realizing that like you know a glass of coke didn't taste right, a cup of tea didn't taste right. Um, so things started tasting different. Which the thing is, you get that with colds anyway. With cold, sure. But the, but but actually, when I had uh, so bear in mind, I'm a carnivore now. Okay, so um, so a lunch for me can be a full on platter of meats and cheese mixed grill well not even not, not always i don't want to always cook it i'll have cooked meats and cheese just on a on a plate uh and i bought all these amazing cheeses i bought i bought my emmental and i bought my gruyere and i had my you know strong cheddar and all this kind of stuff and and I'm eating this stuff, and I've got some beef, I've got some pork, various different sausage, and you know, whatever else. And then I'm realising I just can't taste any of the cheese. I know <laughs> the cheese. I can't taste any of the cheese. I want delicious cheeses, nothing at all. Some of the strong and stuff you'd have, you'd have thought. I couldn't well. taste the beef. The only thing on the plate I could taste was ham. And ham was the only thing that would cut through. Uh, and likewise for for breakfast, a sausage. So, I could taste the sausage. It's something like, about pork. pork. Something about pork was enough to cut through. Whereas um, it was my birthday, obviously that that week, and on on the Friday, where I'm still not, I'm not particular. I'm not feeling that rough. Um, I um, I think I think I might have started feeling a bit hot and cold at this point. So I'm knowing that it's kind of developing, but you know, not that quickly. And I certainly don't feel snotty or anything like that. And I suppose this is the thing: I didn't feel congested. I should, to me, the taste and smell thing goes along with being congested because mm. that's why you can't smell. So mm. that's why, again, why I think it probably is this. Um, so um, we had a couple of people round for my birthday evening. Uh, and um, in fact, we hired a hot tub. That was my treat. We we hired someone came and installed the hot tub in our garden for the long weekend. Um, so that was that was that was the treat for my for my birthday. So my birthday was the Friday. Cooked three different curries. <laughs> the basically the four of us around the table couldn't taste them because um, I'd already seen these other guys before. Right, uh, and um, were they quite hot? Were they like Guatemalan in No, not not particularly. But they were they they were they they should have been. None of us particularly finished them. Normally, we're we're scraping the bowls. Um, well, you can't and, taste it. It's half of the it, enjoyment. It, it, isn't it? Ex- exactly. Um, but we'd already we'd already been told by the people that came around. It's like we we did a lateral flow test because we were interested. And and they come back positive, you know. Is it, are you sure you want to come round? And we're like, I think we gave it to you. Come round. Uh, so we 
ate our curries, had a very interesting chat about all of this because we're all there feeling kind of off, kind of okay. Had our COVID hot tub, the four of us. <laughs> it was like, if we don't spread it in this, we never will, <laughs> you know. Um, and then and then all and then all proceeded on. Um, again, this is where we start to piece together that we probably have spread this round to a, a few other people in the family. Um, but you know, all unvaccinated bike bar one, um, and you know, it, pretty much everyone, everyone but your wife basically has. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah, she was fine, and, and I did. I did stay in. So I did stay in the spare. I think room. I counted eleven people. Yeah, I did. I did stay in the spare room because I. I mean, mainly because. Oh, of the but cough. it's disturbing. It's the though, cough. Isn't it? I, you know, I, I was coughing at night. I was kind of waking up because I had a if fever. You're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're sweaty, if you're hot, yeah. if you're coughing, it's not. It's not fair on I mean, the other I would, person. I, I, I do that. When I've got anything, yeah, I'll, I'll sleep in the spare room. We normally, it's normally the one who um, uh, get the one who's getting the least sleep. Normally, is the one that um, will then dive into it. It, it. it depends how delirious you are. If you right. in the middle of the night, you don't necessarily. If, if you develop this like overnight, you're not necessarily going to go. Ah, oh, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to get up and go in the in the spare room. But you can. I, I can wake up in the morning and like my wife's gone. It's like. Oh yeah, and I'm feeling crap. Right, she must have been really disturbed, and she went, she went off. Because in, in, in the Saturday, in the Saturday evening to Sunday, I kind of woke up and felt rough, and uh, it took me because I think I had a bit of a fever at that point, and it took me like an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours before I could actually kind of get up, yeah, and uh, and get to the spare room. But I did eventually, I did eventually do it. Anyway, cut a long story short. Pretty much everyone has had it in our family now as a result of of us getting it. Um, and uh, I took because I because I'd already got the tablets, so I immediately took the hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I took it, I started taking it at the same time as you, right. even though I was obviously a few days behind. I never developed any chesty symptoms at all. Um, I went from you know hot, cold, cough, congestion, and then just outright tiredness, and the tiredness lasted for like another week. That's what annoyed me was that I was, I, I didn't really stop working at all, but I'd like do a couple of hours work and then just curl up in a ball <laughs> and then maybe do another couple of hours work and then curl up in a ball again. <laughs> and I was, I was concerned about post-viral fatigue uh, syndrome because again, that after I'd had um, glandular fever when I was 30, which is quite old for getting glandular fever, that took me months. I couldn't do anything. I got, I got hysterical a few times after getting so tired. Well, that's a, that's a proper virus. Like when I had when I had post-viral fatigue. <laughs> proper virus, after, love it. When I had post-viral fatigue after swine flu, that, yeah. took, a, that took a long time. It yeah. was proper fatigue. Yeah. I had about a week of feeling tired. And again, I would I would be I'd be working from home, and it, there wasn't really much going on at work. Um, and I'd just be kind of yeah, sat at yeah. my computer. And, and this stuff. is the flexibility. And yeah. you know, like four or five o'clock, I'm like, I need a nap. So I'll just kind of go and have a quick power nap and I'd kind of wake up again and I'd feel okay or I'd be drinking coffee and stuff. Yeah. Had that for about a week afterwards. But I just suddenly woke up. It wasn't gradual. Uh, yeah, I never I had realized, that. I, I had a gradual thing. Oh, right, yeah. I, I realised that I was marching around the house on a phone call. Right. And zipping around. I make a cup of tea and I'm spinning on my heels and like darting to one corner of the kitchen. I'm like... I'm, that's me normally. I I am move, I'm always moving fast, and I realised that I had been just trudging around or 
sitting at any available opportunity. Whereas now I'm marching around the house again, and that it literally just just, just overnight. And that's yeah, it. no, mine, that's mine, it, I'm done. Mine, mine took a while, and I was I was deliberately trying to. So I was I was going out for bike rides, trying to get fresh air, all yes. this kind of stuff, trying to like get myself you ah, know, trying to get. Fit. I went on some walks. But every time I did, I came back and went to bed. Yeah, I did. I was wiped so out afterwards. I, but I kept uh, doing it. I kept doing it. Kept and doing and it. this is it. And there's, it is a balance. It is a balance. You don't want to push too far. Um, but you do need to push yourself to a degree. Okay, here's the interesting thing. So neither of us had any particular chest symptoms. You had a cough. I had a cough. Yours was probably a bit worse and probably a bit lingering. But you've already said sure. you often get the you know the, the, the trachea thing going chest, on. Chest was fine, though. Chest was fine. So um, uh, my wife had a tight chest. That was how she described it. Like, yeah, taking a breath doesn't feel right at all. And so I was like, right, you're taking all this stuff. So gave her the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin. She took some of the other bits and pieces, but really she only took, she took those regularly. But I only learned this later, okay? So the, within, a, within a day... The tightness in the chest is gone. I mean, I'm putting that down to the ivermectin as sure. well. Not least of which because she then stopped taking it. And then what happened? Came back. Tightness in the chest came back. Right. So she took it again and it went away again. And she finished She finished the five-day course as recommended. You know, the, the minimum. Because I, I didn't do the five-day course either. Didn't you? No. Right. You, you hit two, it at the right point. Two, maybe three days. I did the full five and days. I just forgot. I did the full five days. Um, and I, I can't, I can't really report that anything particularly changed or particular. I didn't suddenly feel better. The, the the symptoms just marched on, but I also didn't develop any chest symptoms. So you, look, you can't say what if in this situation. But with my wife, there was this clear, fairly clear link of it. It went. It came back again, uh, and again. So one of our uh, one of our visitors on my on my birthday few days after said said right i i'm now i'm now feeling quite quite poorly and and again i've got this tightness in my chest so i was like right we'll get you some more get go we'll get you some ivermectin some hydroxychloroquine um got got her on it uh her husband cleared up fine without any real issues at all uh, but definitely yeah, again definitely had it um, definitely, he lost his taste and smell, you know, very much so. Uh, and and they, they were laughing because they've got they've got a young uh, a daughter. She's only just one, um, and so um, they literally couldn't smell any of the nappies. They couldn't tell whether she'd um, she's done one or not, which is like both a blessing and a curse yeah, sure. at the same time. But that's how they, they that's how they properly knew. Like I can't even smell poo. <laughs> um, but um, she got um, she got tight to the chest. She took the ivermectin, cleared up again within like a day and a half, uh, and she completed the course, and she's feeling she's feeling a lot better now. Um, so I, they, from 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 that anecdotal, you know, small scale stuff we've been doing, um, there's definitely something in it. There's definitely something in you. You, you felt better quickly, mm. and we've definitely got two people who it cleared up the chest element and left a bit of a cough afterwards. Although not in the case of my wife. My wife just again went through the symptoms. Went from headache. Her, her headache, she couldn't, she was really light sensitive. I don't know whether you were. She she couldn't be in a in a normal lit room for right. two or three days. No, she was in bed for a while, but it was mainly because of her headache. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't move about really. Um, yeah. Because it was sore. This was her eyes. This was the feeling behind her eyes yeah. and the and the and the and the light. 
Uh, but she went from that to fever to cough to congestion to, to tired to done. Mm. And that was similar to me. I didn't really get the headaches, but got... I mean, got my, my, my chest, I think, is quite strong these days. So I had, I had asthma as a kid. And, yeah, it cleared and, up fairly quickly. You grew out of it. Well, yeah, so I, I had it until, and then I, until I was 16... And then I went to college and I did a pre-officer training course oh, yeah, where right. I was doing hours of physical training every single mm. week. And it was, they were like ex-Marine PTIs and ex-Army guys and you were just beasted yeah. again and again and again until, literally until you could do no more and they'd just push you and push you and push you. And I got really fit. I yeah. got really, really yeah. fit. And then, yeah. and that was it. It was like, oh, hang on a second. It's just, it's now gone. I can kind of, you know, breathe in a lot more. I yeah. could, you know, I was get, I couldn't, I couldn't run four hundred meters, really, without kind of, you know, kind of feeling it. And then it's suddenly, okay, well, it was an eight mile run and, and, and nothing. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I got really, really fit, and it's been, it's been fine ever since. I still go cycling and stuff. Um, I know my when I when I broke my. When I broke my hand, they had to take my uh, my heart rate, and I kind of did this kind of sort of ECG. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I th- this is just how useless the NHS is. So you kind of yeah, kind of went there, and they they said, well, we might need to put you under a general anaesthetic to this sort the bones out. This must be more than two years ago now. Probably about two years. I think. I think it was late 2019. Wasn't was it? it late 2019? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe maybe actually maybe maybe late summer 2019. Yeah. Just over two years ago. Um, and they said, look, to, to, you know, we might need to put you under. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that your heart can take it. So, okay, that's fine. Have all these kind of electrodes strapped up to me. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that. Andy, I just had to interrupt you. But at any age, you can have a heart attack. At, at, at any age, you can don't, have a stroke. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> um, and she's wired up. And, you know, kind of, there's this young girl looking at the things. So I'm like, okay. Is it you know, fine? What's yeah. that? And she's like, um, Hang on, hang on, and then she she just she just sods off. And you're away. thinking there could be a problem. I'm here. thinking, hang on a second. Have I, have I got some undiagnosed on? heart condition? And she comes back again, and she's like, "Yeah, someone will be in contact with you." I'm like, "Hang on a second. You've just you look really worried. Uh, you've just gone off, and I want to speak to somebody right now. I want to, I just just want just want to know if there's yeah. any issues." And she's like, "Okay, okay, I'll um, I'll find someone to talk to you." So she kind of finds her you know her boss or whatever comes over. Oh yeah, you, you, you're fine. Your heart rate's lower than average. Um, it's like fifty something beats per minute, um, which for someone in your forties is 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 low. I'm like, that's because I'm fit. That's a good that's thing. That's a good thing. Just because it's outside of the range doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, and that's that's all it was. So I was there thinking, is have I got like a heart murmur or an irregular heartbeat or anything? No, yeah. my heart rate's just low because I'm fit. Right. What does that say? Not not just about the NHS, just about education in general. That this person didn't see someone with an average heart rate of 55 or whatever it was and didn't immediately think that means that you're really healthy. Okay, and you're on the healthy side. You could have had a heart... If your heart rate was 30, think how amazingly fit you'd be if your resting heart rate was... And that's possible. There are athletes out there who do have resting heart rates that low. Well, and I, okay, without without wishing to blow my own trumpet, I don't look unfit. I'm tall. No, exactly. I'm slim. Yeah, I've, you know, it's not like I'm, if I was a big fat guy and I had like a, a heartbeat that was like outside, you know, outside of the norm. Then okay, maybe understandable. Maybe let's double check this. But someone who's but that's what I mean slim. by the, the the lack of common sense. Mm. And as I say, like I 
I, I just remember from school. From School did teach me something, and it was that the more you exercise, the fitter you are, the lower your heart rate, and that's a good thing. I remember, <laughs> so our, our old science teacher lives next door, yeah? Uh, I remember him specifically telling some story about some sports person, like a tennis player Fuel or board. something. He told me the same. He told you the same story. I yeah, love this. Yeah, he, I love had, this. he had a resting heart rate of like twelve or something. <laughs> it or was down in the or, teens. Yeah, and and they're like, it was. Like, I think it was as he was going to sleep. Sure. They 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 tested him, and he's like, literally, he's there going, ba-dum, ba-dum. It's like that's his heart rate. Yeah. So when you get to so cyclists, you know, like proper professional cyclists, uh, and bearing in mind a lot of these are on are on drugs. You know, I know, yes, I know, I know the kind of Lance Armstrong thing was, you know, was that I, uh, they're all on them. They they're, all they're, they're all on them. Whether, whether they are when they compete, but they're all certainly on them when they train and they kind of win themselves off. Um, but their heart rates get to that. And lots of them, lots of them die in their sleep because their heart just stops because they've got like a resting heart rate that's really low anyway. They get into this kind of deep sleep where it's all, and they go and they'll go, go into a coma or they just they just won't wake up. Is that a combination with the drugs? Do you think? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's certainly related to a really really low heart. You know, right. they'll, okay. they'll get to the point where they're like at like seven beats Six per minute beats or something, <laughs> and then it'll they'll just stop and then that's it, and then they'll have to get you know resuscitated or whatever. Um, so it's not that uncommon. In in, in general though, low heart rate good. Mm. Low heart rate means your heart is stronger because it doesn't have to pump as many times per minute. Yeah, I mean, it can, is it, that it, simple. It can pump so much more blood around with one, with one beat. With one push. But this was what? A nurse who didn't know what to do in this situation. It must have been. Must have been. That's just, just stupid. Envy of the world. Yeah, just stupid. But yeah, so I never had, I never had the tight chest. But my, you know, I, I, go, I go cycling and, and I keep myself... Yeah. pretty fit now so I didn't really expect to have and apparently so the, the, from what I understand the tightness of the chest is something that kind of gets progressively worse yes. with the coronavirus um, and you know when you get when it when it goes from normal SARS-CoV-2 to COVID-19 which is about the inflammation that's like after a couple of weeks and if you haven't fought it off by that stage it can become inflamed to try and fight it off and that's when the, it's real, the inflammation the is and, and the virus is probably gone by that stage it's the inflammation yeah. so by that time you need to have corticosteroids uh yep. you know a, a, a quite a quite a large this rate is where to, dexamethasone and things like that yeah, yeah. prednisole and, yeah. and all those um, yeah because you're not fighting you're not fighting the virus we've not point. mentioned um fluvoxamine that's another one that again i don't know whether it's good early or whether it's again used specifically when you when you start getting bad like you mm. just described there i do want to i don't want to mention that you you like to cling on to the difference between contracting the virus and developing COVID nineteen, the disease. Uh, when you say cling on, that's the, the that's the, a fact, surely. Or are you are you telling me that I'm I'm wrong? I'm I'm saying to you uh, that there's this could start us off on a whole conversation, obviously. Um, but they did change the definition a long time ago. You know, even the you know, the, the the WHO definition. And I'm not saying that these people should be held up above others, but the WHO definition was very much that you had to have a clinical diagnosis. And they changed it. They changed it like a, over a year ago. They, they, it's this a long time ago they made it so that you had COVID-19 with a positive test. You could be completely asymptomatic. Yeah, that's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. You don't have a disease if you're, if you're I asymptomatic. I agree. I agree. But I think that 
um, you could say that you were not at ease. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. The difference between being infected and you know suffering in some way. I think the whole naming of the virus. If you're going to argue disease, what does the S stand for in SARS? Or the A? Yeah. It was. It was neither severe nor acute. Yes. Um, yes. Because we did, we did a thing a few a while, a while ago saying it was like ASCOV two or whatever. It was no longer <laughs> no longer severe. Um, exactly. But it's, yeah, it's it's it's. What, it's what you and I had, and everyone else that we know that got infected in this little wave, um, has not had it severely. No. By anyone's definition, this is what everyone should. I mean, I suppose one thing, one thing to say is it 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 clearly has transmitted very easily, um, and but but it's mild, and you know we don't have direct experience with with people we know that that got it back in March or April, twenty twenty. Um, I, I still, you know, I I still know more people, or I'm I'm aware of more people, you know, related to. the people I know that died of lockdown related things than of, you know, this virus. Um, but I think there's every chance, especially as there was this wave that came through our office last year, that I clearly didn't get, that um, that it is now more transmissible and milder which than is, it was. Which, which, is, which is what which, happens. Which is what, well, there was a certain amount. Do you agree that because this was made in a lab, all bets may be off on exactly how it evolves quickly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure they're clever enough to make something evolve in a certain way. No, I'm just saying you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. You would like it, you can't because it's been pieced together. But even even the, the way might the, the way that things evolve not go the way you think. So the, so the way the way that things evolve though is that it's not that it will just mutate into just this new like delta strain which is for example much more transmissible but more like a cold it will mutate into every single different one but it's only and those some will it's, it's only those ones that will survive the worst ones it's not to say that it won't have evolved into that but they just won't survive because Tra- people stay in transmissibility is and this is this, i mean these are the great conversations to have with uh, an evolutionary biologist aren't they you know mm. these the the transmissibility thing is i think when you explain it to people it's a it's a really obvious one it's let, let's say as you just said there that uh, the virus mutate let's say the virus mutated in you into five different strains and you then passed each one of those on to five different people and so at one end you've got someone who's going to pass it on really easily and the other end nowhere near as much then if you look at then the contacts of, of those people as they uh, as they then meet others obviously the one that's more transmissible is going to infect more people and and, and let's say you've got let's so say, it's going to be the dominant strain let's say you've got two strains uh, from from again and, and one of them is transmissible and quite severe, severe symptoms. Yep. Another one is transmissible and not severe symptoms. The one that will propagate is the one that doesn't have severe symptoms because when you have severe symptoms, you stay in. You don't and You move. don't infect people, which yeah. is why the common cold is probably the most successful coronavirus. But yeah. again, just going back to the naming thing, I in, to, to give them their due, I think the reason they named it SARS-CoV-2 was because it was actually pretty similar to SARS-CoV-1. Yes. So that that was just okay. It looks like this. I mean, to the point where people who've had SARS-CoV-1 are immune to SARS-CoV-2. So it was it was reasonable. You're speaking similar. heresy even there, though, aren't you? I mean, of course. This this whole this whole podcast 
is, is heresy. Is heresy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. If you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.